All right. Without further ado, we have New York Times best-selling author, the co-anchor of Fox and Friends, nationally syndicated radio talk show host, a man who is on air more hours than I am awake. The one and only Brian Kilmeade. Hello, Brian. Uh, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing uh, great. Aside from the fact that uh, I can't figure out a way to uh, talk wrestling with you today, I'm not seeing anything related to 1970s <laughs> wrestling <laughs> in the news today yes. that I could bring up with you. I don't but... know. There's much calling for that. Uh, the yeah. Nielsen people called you and said, "Please don't do that again." <laughs> That's true. Um, All right. The big news. Ron DeSantis has officially jumped in. He announced on Twitter last night. A lot of people are are the the, all the analysts, all the pundits are saying that he is Trump's stiffest competition. How did you think his announcement went, both in terms of the theatrics and in terms of the messaging? And uh, how do you see this campaign going over the next year? Okay. first off, Twitter space is a disaster. When you're on with the owner of Twitter Spaces, Elon Musk, you don't expect things to go wrong, but uh, they did, and they really didn't get through 20 minutes without the thing crashing. Some say, including the DeSantis campus, because there was so much activity on the line, people were so enthusiastic for him, but Elon Musk says, yeah, I have problems with my account, which blows me away. Elon, you knew you had problems with an account and a company you bought for $44 billion, <laughs> and you still insisted on interviewing Ron DeSantis? On that Twitter Spaces account, which, by the way, I couldn't even find. And as much as you and I, Frank, love audio, if you or I were going to run for president, I would like to factor in video. So he was doing this launch on just audio. And I kept saying to myself, I know I got this wrong. I know some non-tech writer at the New York Times didn't really understand Twitter Spaces. I don't either. And But no, it was just audio, which is just bizarre. So that crashed multiple times. But so by the time he got to Trey Gowdy, it was really, uh, for the most part, his official announcement. And it was good. You know, Trey Gowdy and him were colleagues. And they moved through his issues from Disney on down. And I think he's ready to go. I, I just think the one thing that people should keep in mind, he was not in the game. So as much as Donald Trump deserves credit for lengthening the gap between them, and for the people to say, you know, I'm really back in the 78-year-old former president, uh, despite all the legal problems he has. Just keep in mind, Donald, Ron DeSantis wasn't even playing. He was doing, he was shadow boxing from the outside. He, right. The bell is finally rung. So judge him from here on in. Um one of the things we've seen from Trump, aside from attacking DeSantis yesterday over the Twitter space debacle, is he has been criticizing DeSantis on traditionally what what you would, I guess, call center-left issues. He's hit DeSantis hard on voting for entitlement reform, Social Security, Medicare, and the like. He's uh, said that DeSantis has uh, really misplayed the whole Disney situation. He has renamed him Ron DeSales Tax for his uh, support of the fair tax in his congressional career. I'm curious, how do you think these attacks that would traditionally be coming from a Democrat that Trump is making towards DeSantis will play with Republican primary voters? Just like attacking Trump for not finishing the wall, for spending too much, those things don't fly because everybody knows why Trump didn't finish the wall. He had to repurpose defense funding 
and he had to do it quickly when the Republican House didn't give him more than $1.8 billion, and he needed at least $10 billion. So for two years, he only got $1.8. Then he finally lost patience and said, I'm repurposing defense uh, spending. And they got challenged in court, and they started building the wall anyway, and they got paused. And then they f- finally got the green light, and they put up 450 miles, and they say technically 55 new miles, but some of it was split rail fence. When Governor Sununu and people criticize him on that, on spending, just take out the pandemic. If you take out the pandemic, it's somewhat traditional Republican spending. Could have been a little bit better, but a lot of it was deals made with a split Congress. Now, you could say your excuses, but just the way our government is set up. Now, Trump was never that worried about spending, and he was, he was as, as, let's say, George W. Bush was, at least in, in words, and, and Ronald Reagan was, even though he ran up a, a deficit, but he did it by uh, building up our defense. So going after Ron DeSantis on Disney, really? Would you rather Brian Kemp? Brian Kemp just knuckled under. He watched as these airlines in Major League Baseball all boycotted Georgia, and these movie studios said, we're not doing any more production there because we don't like your— your 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 uh, voting reforms, which was totally mislabeled by the president of the United States. So maybe you want him to bail out earlier. Could have used the moment when Bob Iger replaced the ex-CEO and what it could have reapproached him, maybe. But I don't think he minds the fight. I don't think Republicans mind that fight. I, I just think that Trump's best attack is I did it. I'm ready. We can't afford someone uh, a learning curve. Why do it? You know, I, I know Ron DeSantis, he's got promise, but I, I've, I've arrived. I know how to do this job. And for Ron DeSantis, he's already saying trust and drama. He's saying, and he brought up spending. So you can't criticize DeSantis on the pandemic. So I think that's a, such a non-starter. One thing is bizarre. On Truth Social last night, Trump came out and said this about Ron, getting, Ron DeSantis getting in the race. Rob, my red button is bigger, better, and stronger, and is worth and is working. Yours does not, per my conversation with Kim Jong-un of North Korea, soon to be my friend. Trump said in a post. What does that mean? Rob, was that a mistake? Is that a diss? Is Rob, instead of saying Ron? I mean, if you call Donald Trump Dan, is that an insult? It was bizarre. That is a bit bizarre, but I think, look, uh, people have become so, I think, numb to so many of the things that Trump has put out on social media over the last seven years. I don't want to say that people aren't, um, you know, aren't moved by it, but I don't think they are moved by it to some extent. Now, you mentioned Governor Sununu. He's been talking about getting into this race. We've been talking about uh, Glenn Youngkin, who it's being reported is now reconsidering getting in. We've been talking about Chris Christie and Tim Scott. The conventional wisdom is that this is going to be a race between Trump, DeSantis, and then a third non-Trump, non-DeSantis uh, candidate. Do you buy that, uh, that that will be the sort of way that the horse race plays out? And then who do you think gets to occupy that third space? Good question. If you want to talk about the most complete candidate, it's probably Nikki Haley. Mm. Uh, she's not resonating yet. And if you want to talk about the most inspiring candidate, it's Tim Scott. Mike Pence hits all the numbers. If you made him president tomorrow, the country would be better off. I just don't know if the Q rating is where it needs to be. And if he's going to offer something besides stability, knowledge, 
and uh, accountability, which is all important. But you you need that that other quality that that you know the five million dollar smile, some type of presence. I don't know if Mike Pence has showed that yet. So I think it's going to be in, an interesting. I think it's going to be a fascinating next six months. And the subplot to the whole thing will be the court cases. You saw what's going to happen. Trump's got to come back to New York and stand trial in March, right in the middle of three or four primaries. He's going to be pulled off the trail uh, on key moments in the race and to a trial, which is a total sham. We don't even know what's happening in Mar-a-Lago, but it's desperate enough for his lawyers to ask for an emergency meeting with the attorney general. So that's not good. And we don't know what's happening in Georgia either. So the subplot to the whole thing, you talk about a dark horse candidate. I just think it's the court cases. And does he win? Does he look like it's all politics? Does it look like the Democrats are in New York City are trying to affect who the president is? That would have a huge backlash. I think it's part of the reason, Frank, I don't know how you feel, that the president's added 10 points since Alvin Bragg stepped up. Oh, uh, well, yeah, no no question about it. And uh, I do wonder, though, as that plays out right in the midst of the primaries, are there going to be some things in that in that trial? And then who knows what happens with the Georgia election case, the documents case, the January 6th situation that his adversaries can use in the primaries against him, which would hurt him with the with his base. I don't know that anything could hurt him with his base uh, at this point, but it's going to be interesting to see. Hey, are you of the opinion that the more candidates in the race, the better that is for Trump because they divide the anti-Trump vote, or do you have a different view? Well, this is one thing that's, that is just unbelievable to me. I was thinking about it this morning is that for Ron DeSantis, who's never been leading, who's trailing by 20 to 30 points, I have never seen a guy more attacked than Ron DeSantis. I mean, the DNC has been relentless. Trump has been relentless. Nikki Haley yesterday, why is he trying to imitate Donald Trump? I'm saying to myself, why are you so worried about the guy in second place? Right. And then the NAACP, it's too dangerous to come to Florida, which is hysterical. I mean, does, did they have, they have a laugh track with that statement? Too dangerous. We recommend you don't travel. The NAACP, they're desperate. The uh, Vanity Fair basically uh, insinuated that he's a white supremacist. And they asked why. Did you see the headline? And I'll paraphrase. Elon Musk will interview Ron DeSantis on his launch of his campaign because David Duke wasn't available. I did see that. Really? Yeah. 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 Are you kidding me? Excuse me. He's got 20 percent of the vote. Uh, Trump's got 58 why are, why is everybody obsessed with number two? And maybe it's because head-to-head, DeSantis still beats Biden. And in the latest Q poll, Biden beats Trump. They're within the margin of error. But how do you figure that out? Maybe these polls show that DeSantis is the better uh, is general, better election, general election candidate. Yeah, well, I, I think a lot of people do feel that way. I think that's one of the reasons that Trump may benefit in the primaries from the concern that a lot of Democrats have over DeSantis in the general election. Uh, but uh, I guess only time will tell. Debt ceiling, Brian, uh, what's going to happen? Do you think we'll see a deal within the next seven days? I think Kevin McCarthy is dancing all over Joe Biden, who is so desperate to get a deal He's going from the White House to Camp David back to Rehoboth. So wait a second. You know 
the debt deal is June 1st. You know that seems to be a legitimate number, not even a made-up number, or an approximate. It's a legitimate number. you got to start moving money around until we just flat out default. And you flew back early from the G7, blowing off two important stops in a message to China that we're unified in Australia and Papua New Guinea, which is a strategically located island, which had given the whole place a day off, including kids from school, because it was going to be the first American president to ever visit there. But you had to come back. And you got no deal, no progress, and you're not even staying around during the Memorial Day weekend. So McCarthy sat there and did a half-hour press conference yesterday, maybe 45, and did another one the day before and after that, and he looks calm. And the guy that said, I won't negotiate on the debt ceiling is negotiating big time to the point where the left of the left are panicking, calling a press conference yesterday to basically say to Joe Biden, this is a warning shot. This better not be true that you're giving in on all these items. So his party has fallen apart. His his strategy is not clear. He's already collapsed on his red line. And he's going home and going on vacation twice rather than stay in the White House and work. So I think McCarthy, uh, McCarthy is uh, winning big. And I think that sooner or later, within the next five days, you'll see a deal. And this is going to be the first congressional win for Republicans in right. quite some time. Uh, the I really enjoyed yesterday the interview that you did with uh, Lindsey Berra. I'm very eager to see this Yogi Berra documentary. I'm a great admirer of Yogi Berra as a player, a manager, a coach, a philosopher, and the most quotable person in history. Have you seen this Yogi documentary? And if you did, would you think of it? No, I mean, she wants me to go. She says, I found a theater for you, Belmore. <laughs> I said, Okay. <laughs> Uh, I was hoping she'd send me the screener. Right. But I hear it's fantastic. Well, that's what I was hoping but to I ask think... you to borrow if she did send you the screener. That's not allowed, Frank. You I know, know I know. I was going to ask you well, off Come air. on. Do you know the movie business? We were brought up in the movie business. That's true. That was our original goal, <laughs> to be true. movie stars. <laughs> so so then they said to go to, I mean, go to Belmore. And I think she's a little, I mean, number one, I don't understand the movie business and be totally candid, but I know no one's going to the theater. And I think she's a little upset that people aren't going to the theater and between you and I, reading between the lines, I feel like she the, she thinks the Yankees should have done more. Uh, that it's I been buy out that. there. This is a positive, and yeah, I, I buy that. And look, uh, Yogi was uh, also an integral part of. Obviously, you know, nobody had the kind of career with any franchise that Yogi had with the Yankees, but he was also an integral part of New York Mets history as well, and even to some extent, Houston Astros history would be a great opportunity for all three clubs to do something in honor of uh, of Yogi and uh, promote the the film. I'm, I'm still hoping to see it. Brian, something tells me you're doing something fun, something fun and appropriate this weekend in honor of Memorial Day on uh, on One America. What do you, what do you have planned? Uh, I'm going to be uh, leading. Uh, with Tunnel to Towers and segueing to Folds of Honor. And we'll be talking about not only what those companies have done and and what they plan on doing, but we focus in on individuals uh, that stand out this year. You know, we're not in a hot war, but there's so many people that need help in these organizations without peer. And what both have segued, one went from military to first responders, the other one went from first responders to the military. So we lead, uh, we'll lead with that. And then I'm going to have some fun. Uh, The best of... Uh, the best of um, uh, more to know. So it'll be on our show 
Uh, we'll just put some of the funner moments and the lighter moments in for this weekend. It's not a big rated weekend, but if people if it is raining and people are inside, they got to get that patriotic feel. Well, I'll be I'll be sure to check it out. Brian Kilmeade. Hey, am I going to see you at Talkers next week? You will. Ac- I'm going excellent. to be doing. Uh, I'm going to tape my show early, and I'm going to race over there. And I got to talk to you, Frank, for a strategy. Do I take the Midtown Tunnel on a Friday at two, three o'clock, or do I find a train? And uh, does uh, Frank Morano pick me up from the train and bring me to Hofstra? I will happily pick you up. I will happily. I, I have seen the way that you tip bartenders. I can only imagine that's true of drivers as uh, as well. Oh yes, you'll get a big tip. Are you, <laughs> Frank? <laughs> uh, I will happily uh, pick you up, though. That'll be a lot of fun. All right. Well, Where you I, go. Well, what oh, is your, yeah, what 100%. Is Frank Morano speak? I, uh, well, I'm on uh, some panel. I don't even know which one, but uh, I am. Uh, I I'm looking for the least amount of of you know. Of of airtime at that conference so that I could sit and watch everybody else and not be expected to be too awake in the afternoon. So uh-huh. I am looking forward to hearing you, John Katzenmatidis, and uh, a number of other great speakers that are uh, going to be uh, talking all about hey, the state of Frank, radio. Can I these just days. Got to offer you some career advice? I'll take it. Okay, it's John Katzenmatidis, then me, because <laughs> John Katzenmatidis <laughs> will decide. Uh, your slot, your pay rate, and everything else. So I can't wait. Try that again, Frank. Do, duly noted. I'm John looking Katz forward to hearing show. John Katzmatidis and some Thank some you. kill something. Um, all right, Brian. <laughs> I will look forward to seeing you in person next week. And, uh, and seriously, let me know if you need a ride. Uh, we'll be watching you on TV, listening to you on radio. Have a good weekend. All right. Uh, go get him, Frank. Thank you. Thank you. Brian Kilmeade. Uh, check him out on Fox and Friends. And really, any time that, uh, that you're awake, chances are he's on somewhere, either television, radio, broadband, somewhere else. He's invented. He's on more formats than I knew existed. All right. 15 seconds of fame in a moment. Say whatever you like for 15 seconds. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight.